Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. Joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Got Tyler on the board. How's everybody doing? Good. Fantastic. All right, all right. It is early in this week, yeah. Yeah, we're getting this podcast in a little bit early because we're going to be at Memphis and May the remainder of the week. Yep. It's our big contest of the year. Uh, we look forward to this one every year because it's in our backyard. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it's my favorite contest, but uh, it's like a love-hate contest. It you know is I mean? a love-hate. Because yeah. there's so much work that goes into it. It's like no other. I mean, it's like we started on this months ago, yeah. practicing and getting everything lined out. And then you start it. actually like getting ready for the contest last weekend. You have to get your application in before Christmas. Uh, I, think I think it was November. Oh, no, it's February. February it is the deadline to get in. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So we so you're, applied I mean, you're really before. Plan- yeah. You're really Christmas. planning on it a while. Before we talk about Memphis May. What we got at, what do we got at housekeeper? <laughs> I call it housekeeping. Um, Palmer Home Campaign. Yes. The Palmer Home Campaign is kicking off. This is our Feed of Family campaign. We did this last year. It's where we... Uh, we just raise money all pretty much all summer long. The whole barbecue grilling season it runs. I mean, most people say Memorial Day to Labor Day, so that's when we run this. Um, it's not really a contest. I mean, I guess it kind of is because we're going to do something special for the top five donors. But what we do is that we just raise uh, we raise money, take donations, and help out the Palmer Home. And they they uh, it's a local charity close to us. I know y'all have heard us talk about it, but it's here in Hernando. But they do a lot of great work uh, with kids that that really need some help. They need a they need a a good place where they can live and grow and go to school and they you know, keep something. kids out of foster care. Yeah, basically is what they do, and, and they try to place them back with their family too. That's the ultimate goal of them to get them. You know, when their families get back in a shape where they can go back, that's what happens, and so that's a great thing about it. But they're really important in these kids' lives and helping them, you know, develop and and uh, you know just have a normal life instead of something crazy. And I think it's great for helping you know some kids that are in need. And that's why we do it. Yeah. But, um, Our goal is to well, it costs twenty about twenty grand to feed a family for a whole year, which a family is about eight kids and and two parent, parents. parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it takes about twenty kids, and last year we raised way more than twenty grand for them. So we're hoping to raise maybe feed two families this year. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. That's our goal. Um, and if our top five fundraisers are invited to the How to Barbecue at headquarters, and we're doing a pig picking. That'll be probably What's a pig picking, Mount. A pig picking is where you cook a whole hog and we just all eat on it for a whole, you know. And usually, I mean, a pig picking is a big event, but we're going to make it like a VIP event. So it's going to be a lot of pig. <laughs> so it's going to be, yeah, but less yeah, people. But really, it's just going to be a fun time hanging out, talking barbecue, talking about whole hogs and all the, you know, other stuff we're cooking. We'll have a lot of cool stuff. A lot stuff of refreshments, yeah. a lot of cool stuff. Maybe have some ball game on because it'll probably be in the fall. Usually when we do it, it's November 5th is yeah. our date. November 5th. All mm-hmm. right. Weather should be good then. Um, but that'll kick off right Memorial season. Yeah. That'll kick off Memorial Day weekend. Yep. Um, t- so y'all check it out. How if do you, you like? You can go to howtobarbecuewrite.com forward slash Palmer, P A L M E R, and you can find all the information there and get all the information on how you can become a fundraiser. Yep. And no amount's too small. Now, <laughs> now we can move on. Now we can move on. Oh, um, uh, we've we've. Uh, do you want to talk about your big win? Not yet. <laughs> I was going to mention. I was going to mention before I forget. Um, 
this is a contest coming up in August that we're kind of helping sponsor with. It's our friends over at Townsend Spice and Supply. They do a, a SCA state cook-off contest in Melbourne, Arkansas. If you've never been there, it's a cool town. It's a real small town. They do it on a golf course there. And Shane and Lawson, the folks at Townsend, really you know roll out the red carpet. It's a big state cook-off event. But Melbourne's up close to the White River, which is world-famous trout waters uh, for you know trout fishing. And so the one little ancillary they're going to do, and I've never seen anybody do it, is a trout ancillary. So who can cook the best trout dish? It could be fried, grilled, steamed, baked, broiled, however you want to do it. <laughs> but they're going to do that, so I thought that was cool, and we're going to help them, uh, help them with that event. And we just, I just want to get the word out because I think the applications are probably up. You for can register it, now, and it's paying out really good. So if you're doing a, if you if you're into state cooking or you want to cook, see see how your trout dish that stands up. Can you enter you, just trout, or do you I'm have sure. to do steak and trout? I don't know. I don't okay. know. I guess you could just do ancillary. I think you can do multiple entries in the trout too. Like if you had several dishes, yeah, you could do that. But uh, we'll be over there that weekend. It's going to be a fun time. Melbourne, Arkansas, on August thirteenth of this fall. Yeah. Um, so for the first place steak, it's twenty five hundred dollar payout. Can't beat that for one steak. You they provide the steaks to you if you don't know anything about the SCA. Yeah, go check out the SCA. Uh, Hundred fifty dollar entry fee. Yep. That's all it costs to get in. And mm-hmm. Pays out twenty five hundred. How much does the trout pay out? Five hundred dollars for first place. For first place fish. Three hundred. They provide two. the trout too, so you don't have to bring. Now, if you want to practice, you're probably going to have to go catch you some trout. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or how you, buy them. Can you? I'm sure it'll be trout? rainbow trout. Yeah. Heck yeah, you can buy trout. But that's where um, that's going to be a fun event come August. We got all summer to think about it. But if you want to get, make sure you have a spot. Go ahead and get your entry fees into that. That's one of those that's fun because they do like a Friday night welcome party and have a band, a, and it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. There's a great little restaurant there at the golf course. Where they, man, they got that cheese that cheese skirt burger. God, that's what, <laughs> I like one there just for that. This whole big piece of cheese they melt all over, and it just runs everywhere, and it folds into like this big crispy cheese skirt, and you fold it up on the burger, and it's delicious. It mm. comes out on the plate like all yeah big and skirted up, looking good. <laughs> looking good. I'm down. Yeah. It's worth going just for that. <laughs> to get <a> ch- <laughs> I mean, Melbourne's a small town. Uh, Shane and Lawson, the Downs and Supply is a cool store there. It's one of those. There's not a lot of hotels around. You pretty much sleep in the trailer if you're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, you bring yeah. There's Batesville, Arkansas is not too far away from there, so there's hotels there and what's stuff. Not there's cabins up on the river and stuff like that. Oh yeah, they do have some yeah. cabins and stuff. Oh, what's not too far? Uh, Thirty minutes maybe, okay. the, if that. I don't even know if it's that far to Batesville. It's not too far to go for a con- a one day contest. Speaking Wait, of contests. Speaking of contest. Memphis May. Is that, is that what we're talking, talking about, about today? The margarita contest. Oh, the margarita contest. Yeah, we did have a Cinco de Mayo margarita inner office contest. We had 10 entries here at work. And I mean, I don't know who won. Do you remember who won? <laughs> <laughs> I think my earpiece fell out. Uh, yeah. Do you remember who I won? I remember Shay? who won. Who you, won? You won. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The margarita King of Mississippi. <laughs> I believe that's what the trophy said, didn't it? So, Catfish King, Margarita King. <laughs> it says margarita champ. Oh, it doesn't say king. It says something. Doesn't it say champ I on think it? So, yeah. 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 Of Mississippi or just the margarita? Of this is like one of the generic <laughs> trophies you get on. I don't know. It's not that generic. It's a margarita. I got it in my office at my window. So if you come in, you can see it sitting there. <laughs> Proud of my beverage beverage award. I did a, man, I was trying so to keep it simple. Yeah. So we make, and we're going to be making, I'm probably going to try to get Tyler to help me do a TikTok. Like if you can catch us making it at Memphis and May. But we make a drink called a bullfrog, and I don't know if this is like 
the original bullfrog recipe or it's one we've just made for 20 years. <laughs> but I've been making this since college, and uh, my buddy Eddie Reed it perfected it. I agree. He's, I don't, he's probably made one I have. But we make it every year at Memphis and May, and it's a summertime drink. So I basically took that recipe and converted it into a margarita just because I wanted something easy and didn't want to have to think about it. And so what did that know. consist of? So it, it was a basically – I put t- a spin on it too because I terrified it. The bullfrog normally is like this. I don't know. Would you say sweet and sour lemonadeish lemonade limeade kind of concoction? Yeah. With Sprite and a ton of vodka. Yeah. So what I did is I substituted the vodka for tequila. We just we we bought the same tequila for everybody. It was like 100 percent agave blanco tequila, white clear tequila. Yeah, it's George Clooney's tequila. Yeah, I don't know which one. I don't remember what's called. But anyway. I took a two-liter Sprite and put it in a pitcher. And then, you know, it was a pretty big jug, I guess. And then I bought um, a frozen limeade concentrate and a frozen lemonade concentrate just from your freezer section at Kroger. Put both of those in there. And then I put 375 mils or, you know, half a fifth, one pint, whatever you want to call it, of of that tequila in there. And then I did a jar of Marciano cherries. With the juice or without? With the juice. How big? Like big jar, little Uh jar? It wasn't giant, but I don't know. I mean, it was the size they have at Kroger with the bacon stuff. I don't know. They've only got yeah. like three or four stemless cherries. I dumped that in there. It's probably probably 20 cherries. I don't know if it's two dozen, but it's close probably. Little cherries in there with the juice. And then I did about a shot glass worth or two ounces worth of just grenadine. Just to, and I stirred it all up and just kind of. No like Sprite? No Two water. liters of Sprite. Okay, two two liters of Sprite. That's. So it's Sprite, tequila, two lemonade concentrates, a jar of cherries, and some grenadine. That's all it is. You pretty much I went mixed like- it up, and then I took like four limes and sliced them thin, and just kind of floated them in it. I didn't juice them or anything; just let them kind of be in there with the cherries, and served it over ice. And it's it's refreshing. It has a little sweetness, but you get the sourness and the the lemon lime flavor in it. The Sprite kind of balances it out. So it's not like super, super sweet. To me, that's a margarita tequila, punch. You don't even know the tequila's in there. It's a big batch margarita. Yeah. And it was delicious. It was and people margarita. didn't know it was mine because they probably wouldn't have voted for it. <laughs> I did. Did you know it was mine? So I remember. So you didn't I, vote for it, then, did you? No, I did. And oh. I stated directly, I was like, this is why this is so hard. Because I knew you were my first place and I knew Mark was my second place. And I was oh, like, this really? is why I wish I didn't know <laughs> what I knew. But then I just, and Shell was like, well, I'm just trying to disconnect myself. I was like, you're right. I'm just going to go for it. So I'm yeah. agree. But yeah, so that's what I did, and it won. Mark's was good. He had like a coconut cream in his. Mm-hmm. This is different. Nobody did yeah. a traditional margarita. No, that was that was what was uh, weird. I thought there'd be just some regular margaritas, but most of them were, I don't know, like strawberry or watermelon or cherry or something like that. Tyler, would you went with like a jalapeno blueberry <laughs> margarita, didn't you? Yeah, it was like jalapeno infused blueberry lemonade margarita. Okay. And like I think it was good. It was different. I think I don't know if I do the jalapenos again. I'm sure it would have been just as good without it. I think it added a little tang to the end of it and stuff. Yeah. But I thought I mean there were some really good ones. Yeah. There was some there was a bad one. <laughs> yeah. I ain't naming names, but there was a real bad one. There was two bad ones to me. <laughs> what was the other bad one? Mikey made one that was good, except his was stout. Yeah. Like it would light you up. I liked his. <laughs> Yours was good. You did a strawberry. What what all did you do to it? You did a I mean, I I googled strawberry margarita punch. Oh, and just did that. Found a recipe and went with it. Okay. It Jamie's good. 
Jamie's was my favorite. He did a watermelon margarita, and it was just smooth. Yeah, it was smooth. It was it had, it had triple sec and um, tequila in it, so it was, it was on the traditional sense that way. But it was made with like water. I think he made his own watermelon syrup, and then added that, and then had chunks of fresh watermelon floating in it. So it was super refreshing, and you didn't know how stout it was, but it was probably pretty stout. And uh. It didn't have a lot of that sweet and soury, yeah, heartburny. Yeah. So that's what gets me on. on them, and I think that's like the Sprite helps with that on mine. It's I not so super. Can. It's not like using just a straight bottle. Did you put any beer in sweet yours? Sour. No, no, not at all. I mean, it was it was bullfrog with tequila and cherries. That's <laughs> that's basically what it was. I don't think anybody did the beer except for Mark. I think he had I Corona. Poured beer. Dustin oh, you did his. Yeah. Nice. What? Dustin did his. It started like <laughs> fermenting or something. <laughs> It was really unique. <laughs> it was frothy on top, but like purple frothy. <laughs> he showed up with like a quart of blackberries and like pureed them and then started mixing. It looked good before he added whatever he added. <laughs> and then it just went to, I don't know, science experiment. <laughs> it happens. It happens. The highlight of that day was the nachos to me. <laughs> so we can't... We, catered in we ordered from la siesta two different types of tacos and they give you chips and salsa we ordered like two trays of pulled it was like chicken tacos and just regular old beef Ground tacos. Beef, yeah. yeah but you fired up the nacho machine i'm bringing the nacho machine to memphis tonight you, too. somebody asked in the community what uh what brand nacho machine is that it's Tyler, a carnival you, king was it right? is that what it's called yeah. like carnival king i think i hit the right one <laughs> i looked it up and it's, I was like, it's whatever right. kind they have at carnivals or your local concession yeah. stands at the, at the rec league ballpark brand you cannot go wrong with it. how much is that thing like 200 bucks it was something like that it's the best 200 it was a little ever. more expensive like i was like eh, for nachos yeah i'm just are we really gonna use this man there's nothing like nacho cheese Best on the fly. Investment. You just walk up. You don't even have to get you. You just walk up with your one chip and just give it a little pump. You're ready. I think more people eat them that way than they do make a tray of it. Because your cheese gets cold, you yeah. know, if you, if you put it on your plate. Yeah. But the thing, it comes with these little placards. And one of them, of course, says nacho cheese, but the other one says, like, strawberry or chocolate. So I guess people put other stuff in that machine, yeah. too. It'll fit any number 10 can so. is what they call it. Okay, so you, could you think you could put like spaghetti sauce in there and make pasta? As long as it was Even, thin enough, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you could have like a meat sauce. Yeah, it couldn't be meat. chunky. Yeah, probably do Alfredo. Yeah, yeah. Alfredo on some, the fly. I mean, cheese is pretty thick. It's a thick sauce, so I it'll need, move a thick sauce, but it needs to be. So smooth. I need to save the can, and that way I can wash it out and I can make my own nacho cheese and put it in there and like make could. it the way I want. And then you could dispense it, or you could use it for barbecue sauce. Just pour barbecue sauce in the you could in the can and keep barbecue sauce warm. It's got, it's got all kinds of functions. <laughs> and it's really easy to clean up. You wouldn't yeah. think it would be, but it's very easy. Would chili go through it? I guess chili. If I had meat, it probably wouldn't go through it, would it? No. You're going to have to get your own nacho machine if you want to start. <laughs> Pumping chili. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, at the convenience stores, they have chili and cheese and things like that. I don't, you want to do a chili cheese, dog? I think their chili's pretty. Uh, Hormel. Yeah, it's yeah. a chili sauce, I think. I don't know. We have to look into that. Don't be messing up my. I can just see you and Mark you in put the kitchen. Pancake syrup in it for breakfast, <laughs> like your warm pancake syrup. Let's let's talk Memphis in May. Uh, Central Barbecue does <laughs> use those for their sauce. They, they had keep all three of theirs warm in that by their they self serve barbecue sauce station. Their little um, dispensers are kind of smaller. They have a bunch of smaller ones. Okay, same principle though. But yeah, same principle. It and it, I tell you, getting that warm sauce makes a difference. I think. Heck yeah, I love a, I love a warm barbecue sauce on a, when I'm eating pulled pork. 
we used to do it with a crock like this little triple crock pot and you keep all your sauces in that and people could just get a little ladle and do it but i like the the self-serve pump option when we do the last time we did a pig picking we did that we used the three compartment mini crock pots and we had a white yeah. barbecue sauce a vinegar sauce and a tomato sauce so for the pig picking we're just gonna have to load it up with vinegar sauce <laughs> hey no we're gonna have nachos, nachos oh you have nacho cheese at the pig picking <laughs> oh yeah we might need to another, invest in another one of those machines why not <laughs> <laughs> so memphis and maze this weekend it is it is it's gonna be a lot of fun I'm excited. The weather's looking good. It's going to be hot the first few days. Then we're looking like mid eight, mid to upper 80s, like Friday. Saturday, we got a chance of some rain, which I don't mind. Yeah. A little rain usually brings us some luck. If we can throw other people off their game, we're going to be on point. So We got a big 10 anyway. Us, right. yeah. But we rode down yesterday to check on things, and the park's starting to fill out. Tents are going up everywhere. Trailers are all in by now, and. Construction's yeah, happening. Construction's happening. Somebody was building. It looked like a the front of a hut onto the front of their. I saw um, that. Yeah, their, like they're doing some building. serious construction. Yeah, like they erected walls and a ceiling and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's going. They're probably going for the best base award. Yeah, we're not going for that. So, we're going for the best rib award. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important one. Most important one. Yeah. Um. So I got some facts. What kind of facts? <laughs> I know I know you don't want me to go too deep into the facts. I don't mind facts. I was going to tell you about how Memphis May started. 1978? Yep. At the parking lot of the Orpheum, wasn't it? Yep. The foot of Bill Street there. Who was the first winner? I can't remember that lady's name. I've seen the picture a thousand times. Yeah. It's her in front of the grill. She's got a, you know, just... Ribs lined out on it, full and sauce and everything. She's wearing a chef's hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? Bessie Louise Kathy. Miss Bessie Kathy. Somebody shared that in the community. Actually, yeah. I saw that. It's awesome. Um, started with twenty teams and a thousand dollars was. Isn't that grand. crazy? It was the prize money. I wonder who came up with doing it. Like, was it just restaurant tours down there, or did they just decide people? Well, somewhere in a this rib contest, did it, did it have background like that in your facts? Well. In the seventies, they built, they established the Memphis and May Foundation, and it was doing different events around Memphis at the time and promoting it and, yeah. and things like that. And towards the late seventies, they added the music festival and the barbecue festival. Okay, so. and it's been going on ever since. Yep. It only missed, it only missed a year. Wait a minute, it wasn't COVID? I know COVID, but it did it miss any other earlier years than that? Did it say? I didn't see anything like that because we've been cooking it since early 2000s. 2006. 2006. Well, that'd be mid 2000s. Yeah. Um, but you've been around and going to yeah, it since yeah, the early yeah. 2000s. They used to have another big one was a cotton carnival. It was like a big festival downtown too. That was one of the things that they the Memphis May used to promote. Yeah. It was the cotton carnival. Mm -hmm. And the um, Danny... Thomas? Thomas Golf Tournament okay. was part of it as well. Really? I didn't know that. Back in the early days. In 1990, the Guinness Book of World Records bestowed the honor of the largest cooking contest in the world, Memphis and May. Wow. That, that must have been, I mean, well, I guess. Prior to American Royal. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know, because American, yeah, American Royal's always been big. But maybe the Guinness never went there. I don't know. It's the this is the largest pork cooking contest I know mm -hmm. in the world, because it's they consider it, because we only do three, the main categories is rib, shoulder, and hog. So. Do you remember when Al Roker came? I did. Yeah, <laughs> did yeah. a contest. 
<laughs> they use one of those old Willingham Wham cookers where you hang the ribs in them and they spin around on a carousel kind of like horizontally instead of like a vertical spin like you would think. Yeah. There's, I've still seen some of those cookers around. They're still they're still around. He had the patent on that for, I mean, it's, I guess, I mean, I, I don't but know if it was. you were cooking over charcoal, right? No, it was it pellet was pellet grill. back yeah, then? Yeah, He was one of the first that I ever heard of making a pellet grill. And I don't know if that was before the Traeger people or. Or what, or who came out, who's credited with coming up with it, but Willingham had one a long time ago. Where was he getting the pellets from? Was he using just, I don't, I don't like, furnace-type pellets, I guess? Yeah, I guess they had those cooking pellets, you know, or, heat pellets for a yeah, while. Yeah, pellets. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he was getting from over in Pine Bluff at Candy's Place back then. I don't know. He may have made a pellet extruder. He, he had all kinds of pellets. Like, John Willingham was a brilliant man. He had all kinds of different patents and designs and uh, things he was working on. I remember when we first started cooking at Memphis May, he had this big tent right up front. Yeah, the red and white one. Yeah, we had, we cooked beside him for several years there in ribs. In his latter years. So every year, uh, Memphis May salutes a different country. Japan was the first in 1977, and that idea was to bring the world to Memphis. Hmm, that's interesting. They I salute. didn't know they picked. Yeah, every year is a different country. And typically in Memphis May, if you want to win the best booth decorating or best T-shirt contest or all that stuff, you kind of have to Theme incorporate it. the yeah. country. Yep, yep. Guana is this year. Guana. So there, okay. So there's a lot of contests out there. You got American Royal. You got the Jack. You got the Houston Livestock Show. Yep. SCA's got the big event in Fort Worth for the stakes. That's a, there used to be one, the D.C. barbecue battle that was huge. And when Memphis and May dropped their sanctioning, like for the whole, you know, all the contests like they did, they changed it to MBN after that, they still sanctioned one of the contests, and it was that D.C. barbecue battle for a long oh, time. Oh, really? They had two that was sanctioned, like Memphis and May. Yeah, but, but they uh, don't do that I don't that think anymore. they do that anymore. I think it's switched to probably KCBS rules now. I'm not 100% positive, but I think it did. So out of all those contests, why is Memphis and May the one you do every year and the one you put so much effort into? Because it's in my backyard. I grew up with it. <laughs> and I love it. It's all pork. That's what bar- real barbecue is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's because it's such a big – it's it's more of a festival to me. It's got that party atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. I, mean, it's, I, mean, I ain't going to lie. It's a lot of hard work and in, in, in my later years. I have, I have tried to take a back seat on some of that hard work and let some of the other guys step up. <laughs> <laughs> but I put my stripes in. But um, I think it's just a good time. I think it's, you know, we we look forward to it, you know, for most of the year. Like, after this weekend, we'll be like, screw this. You know, we're not going to go back. <laughs> but I think it's like every year it's like that. It takes a lot out of you. You usually have to recuperate. Yeah. But by the time the end of summer's over, you're like, man, man, I can't wait to get back to Memphis and May. Maybe we can do a little better this year. And, <laughs> you start and one thing age. is I've never never like won the whole thing. If I ever won the whole thing, it'd be easy to say, well, I've done that. I'd probably still want to go and just hang out. That's that's kind of like my goal. Like to, to win Memphis and May, to go back and kind of – you got to go back the second yeah, year. Yeah, and do your victory lap. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, just kind of – be on a team, you know, <laughs> so I can do that. Yeah. Because there's so many people that are on a team, you know, that you just put your dues in. Like most of these teams have three or 400 bucks. It might be 500 this year on teams. I don't know what it takes to join. Depending but that on gets you wristbands yeah. and it get, usually gets you in the thing and all the all the food, all the beer, all, everything you want without <laughs> having to do any of the work. 
No, usually <laughs> typically gives you the privilege to do the work. Yeah, you get the privilege <laughs> to do the work. Those, but see, those are the young guys, the ones that the newbies, the ones that don't know anything about it. They're the ones that are eager to get in there and be the trash man or yeah, yeah. be the night, <laughs> be the overnight man, something like that. You're gonna do all the the grunt work. The the old heads <laughs> like me now, we just want to kick back and enjoy it. Run that finger. <laughs> but I do. So my my job is going to be selling the barbecue. So I that's got, something else you got to yeah, do most yeah. of the time. So, but it, I do have fun with it. I get to talk to a lot of people, meet a lot of people. I mean, that's that's what's fun to me. I mean, just seeing all the people that you don't see on a regular basis because it's one time a year that all these people get together, you know. It's not like we see them every week anymore. Used to in the contest when you're running schedule, you'd see a bunch of them. But here there'll be 300-plus teams, you know. So we entered our first year in the patio division, which is the backyard division, amateur amateur division. In 2006, we won the amateur division at that time, so they forced us to go pro. That was the deal. Once you hit that, you go pro. Um, And since then, we've cooked rib, shoulder, hog. We've entered all the different categories. And we finished in every top ten spot at some point or another, except for one, two, or three. <laughs> yeah, except for one, two, or three. I know, I know. I, you don't have to remind me. I know. It's like <laughs> hanging over my We've head. We've got a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. This is our year. Fourth, this is our year. I'd say that every year. <laughs> this week is like you feel everybody's everybody's on top of it right now going in. It's like, oh, we got it figured out. Yeah. We've done practice. We tweaked our recipe a little bit. It's a little bit better than it was last time. It's all going to come together. We've got the booth set up the way we want it. The grill's there, you know. It's all it's all coming together. It's looking like it's looking like a win. We're going to pull off that twenty first place horse. From the t- Everybody's going to be singing <laughs> a different tune come Sunday, though. Yeah. But, oh yeah, you're, we'll be robbed. Yeah. We'll be robbed with bad <laughs> Everybody gets robbed <laughs> yeah, on yeah, Sunday. Man, oh, they cheated us. We went for that blind box. <laughs> Did all right on own side, but yeah. it's like that blind box. <laughs> Got on a bad table. Must have been somebody else good on that table. There's always excuses you can make yeah. when you don't do it. Yeah. But it's not so – it is the biggest pork cooking contest, but there's a lot of other stuff that goes on with Memphis in May too because it really – like it's going to start on Thursday as far as contests go because they, they break it up. So they have um, – we're gonna so we'll do tomato sauce, we'll do vinegar sauce, and we'll do mustard sauce on Thursday – and then we'll do hot wings and the turkey. turkey. What's the turkey deal? It's a national. It's not National Turkey Federation. It's, it's something like that, though. They're sponsoring Memphis in May, and so usually there's some off uh, different category. And this year it's going to be turkey. It was was it turkey last year? Yeah, too? it's been turkey the past couple of years. Yeah, they also did lamb, but I don't think they had a. Did they have a contest with the no, lamb? No, they just had the Lamb Federation there passing out yeah. ribs if you wanted them. Yeah. I don't know if it's Alliance we Federation or Corporation or whatever. <laughs> we went. They want people to eat turkeys, what it sounds like, more than on Thanksgiving. So they're giving everybody that joined up, they're actually providing you a whole turkey. And I hope it's fresh, not froze. And then That would it. be a problem. And then I guess you turn it into Go Box. There's no on site on turkey. So you just have to come up with your best turkey dish and turn it in. Then Friday kicks off all the the other ancillaries where you've got chicken or anything poultry. Beef, seafood, or exotic, and that could be anything. What are y'all turning in for exotic? We're doing. Uh, Kevin from the butcher shop, Pensacola, sent us some awesome looking buffalo ribeyes. We talked about this last week. Oh, did we? Yeah. Well, they're the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, yeah, Brian's 
Brown won last year, first place. Yeah, he so he's defending his title. Was it first place last year? Yeah. No. Third he place. tied for, it was a three way tie. Oh, so it was a coin flip, and he ended up with third. Yeah. So he got third place. Yeah. He had the score to be first. Yeah. Because they're all tied. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. But this year, Mark's kind of taking the lead. Yeah. He's, he, uh, well, we got Jay Craig coming from Outlaw Smokers to run the BFO. And Mark's been practicing on the ribs. We all kind of have input, but he's kind of the head guy on the ribs. And then Waylon's coming in to architect on the box. It's a rib box. You just cut the ribs, put them in. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but uh, and I'm and I've got to sell them. That ain't no big deal either. Yeah. It's easy to talk about ribs when they're that good. So I mean, that's why I say this is a guaranteed deal. <laughs> Cakewalk, cakewalk. All they got to do is put our name on the big check. Just go ahead and K-I-L-L-E-R-H-O-G-S. crown them. K i l l e r h o g s. Go ahead and crown them. And crown them, crown them. I think you're being so humble. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get these vibes out yeah, there. Yeah, this is my gotta, platform to talk. There, <laughs> there was one year I'd gotten really into manifesting. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I was manifesting in 07. Really into it. Felt like I will my way in anything. I did. I thought I had like some secret. Yeah. <laughs> so I was writing, you know, champions on everything and trying to get Malcolm to. At night, I was trying to go to sleep, and you're just like, champion, 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 champion. Like, what is that? Uh, I've been dreaming about it. Yeah, I woke up and got me dreaming about winning. <laughs> it didn't work. You can ask for a refund from that. I don't know what guru you see. Deepak Chopra. Yeah, he got that, from me. bought that program. That was a waste of money. <laughs> anyway, so this year, it's looking like a good year. Yeah, shaping I think up. so. Shaping up. We're not on the river. We're on pavement. I have no problem with that. Site's big. Yeah. We got a lot like, bigger. I think spot. it's a lot more room because you're kind of, uh, in this place, the way they have it set up in Tiger Lane, you have like these little islands from the parking lot that kind of separate you from the other team. So you've got a seven, eight foot buffer. Room yeah, you got Yeah, because we're not slammed up on. A lot of times we're tent to tent and you're right there. So that makes it. I mean, it's it's not. I wouldn't say challenging, but it does make it a little more difficult. You got a yeah. whole group. You know, you got a party team right beside you, and they're raging. You know, do <laughs> and then you're over there trying to be serious and do good. Or, well, I mean, it might be us doing the raging. <laughs> it used to be. We've kind of toned it down yeah. a little. Our neighbors last year were wild. They were, yeah. yeah, they were doing like what do you keg call stands and drowning the guy. What were they called? <laughs> drowning the guy. I got it. Drowning the guy. <laughs> they put your head down in this big t- horse tub full of ice water. Then put you on a keg. It was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, they like so. I don't remember if you took the shot before or after. I think it was like after yeah. you get dunked, and then you have to take a shot. Or, or did you do a keg shot stand? Then you something? got yeah. dunked, and then you did I, I a shot. Know. Or they tried to talk me into it. I was like, no, <laughs> twelve y'all to pick me up. <laughs> I could be the one y'all break his neck in the horse trough. It's on our TikTok if y'all want to see. Yeah. It. it was crazy. I think that's what it was. You shotgun a beer. They turn you upside, dunk you, and then, and then you, then do, you a do a shot. shot. Something yeah. like that. Over to be young again. <laughs> <laughs> been days where I would have done that. Been first in line. When I was writing all this down, I was thinking about the patio to Porker's division, which is the amateur division. Oh, it man. Is, 2006 was probably my favorite year. It's the most fun. <laughs> you only get like a 10 by 10 spot. Yeah, and you're sandwiched in there. So everybody just spills out of their tent. You got like five, five wristbands to get in, and we had like a hundred people. <laughs> and it turned into a street party. 
And we so so they give it's, it they have you have ambassadors at Memphis MA and usually they have like four teams and they're the ones that are kind of the go between the contest. They let you know when your turn ins are. They, they bring around your blind box that, containers. Yeah. And they're volunteer positions. Well, in 2006, our ambassador got fired. <laughs> they found they come looking for him. He was over in our booth, had his cowboy boots off, was like laid out in the middle of the place. <laughs> he was puking on the curb the night before. <laughs> it was just a great time. <laughs> no, the morning they came looking for him. Fired from a volunteer position. Now, how hard is that? <laughs> I didn't know that could happen. <laughs> The time that thanks, he got, but no thanks. I guess. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. The time he got, they were came looking. He for said, him. "He said that's all right. I'm just going back to party with these guys. Yeah. We, we put him on the team after that. He hung out with us for years. <laughs> <laughs> he showed them. Yeah, but that morning I was trying to like lay carpet, you know, staple gun some carpet to the floor, and he was laid out in the middle of our booth. Of and I'd have to be like, "All right, man, you got to roll a little bit this way." <laughs> <laughs> I'd roll the carpet out and staple it, but like, all right, you can roll back. <laughs> oh, it was so hot that year too. But man, it was fun. There's several stories. Remember that time that guy got locked in the trailer overnight? Yeah. Oh, that was a good one there. I don't know what so we had we used to have a barbecue trailer. It was just basically a cargo trailer. But we took so much stuff down there and we'd have to lock all our speakers and you know, radio head units and trophies and computer. <laughs> we played the music on and all the booze. <laughs> We'd lock all that stuff up at night. Well, somebody had went in there, I guess. Like, you left early, left somebody with the keys. Told them to lock, whatever you do, lock the speakers, lock everything up, yeah. shut the trailer. And there was no lights in there, I don't think. or I don't think there was. I don't think so. It was just a Maybe. But, uh, empty car. Apparently, trailer. somebody had went in there and passed out. <laughs> and so he got locked up in there overnight. The next morning, <laughs> we get there to cook ribs. We open up the trailer and this guy just comes busting out like a caged animal and like hurdles the fence and is running down the street. And this is like at 6 a.m., you know. And I'm like, well, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> we came in there and the trailer had been on this show. He was in there in the pitch black dark, locked up with all this stuff. You can imagine what that was like. First of all, he's passed out, so he come too. <laughs> he was in a box, pitch black dark, don't know where he is. I mean, he could have been underground. He would have not known. There's no way. There's no way to know. No way. You still don't know who he is. To this day, we do not know who that was. I bet they never came back to Memphis. It was probably like a hostage situation. We (laughs) didn't even know it. We essentially kidnapped somebody for a little bit. Pretty much. At least detained them. At the very least, they were detained. But it probably did them good. Look, we could have saved a DUI. I mean, that guy apparently was in no shape to drive. He was willing to pass out. In the trailer. My first thought was, we're going to find pee in here. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. I don't know what it I kept looking. I was like, nobody touch anything. <laughs> oh, man. So, that yeah. was hilarious. Another time, the, the guy decided to swim the river. Do you remember that? He jumped in and just swam by all the teams on Tubby Park. And then all of a sudden, the Coast Guard's coming with him and catch him like down there climbing on a barge. <laughs> No, we saw him swim by this way, and then a few minutes later, we saw him come back in the in the back of a police. <laughs> yeah, handcuffed. Coast <laughs> guard had him. There's some there's some crazy stories. Anyway, so if you're coming to Memphis, MA as yeah. a spectator, you're just traveling tourist. What should you What should you expect? Um, it's, and what should should you bring anything? So I don't know. I mean. Yeah, bring. You never know if you're going to need mud boots or tennis shoes. <laughs> you probably don't need mud boots. Well, yeah, so you're going to probably wear some. You might need a poncho. You want shorts and a light light clothing, but bring a jacket. <laughs> probably want your rain jacket. Yeah, 
Um, bring bring some money. That's always uh, money always works if you don't know anybody. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will let you in. You slip them a little tip or something. But yeah, no Memphis and May. It's a great. It's a great like spectator or fan event. Uh, fan event because they do have a lot of stuff going on. There's different little tours you can take where they actually take you back behind the scenes on some teams and you get to eat some barbecue or they'll have like these VIP tents or something you can pay to go in and try some barbecue and there's great concessions there. But you have to know every team is really like a private party. And unless you know somebody, you're probably not going to get in. But there's a lot of people. I mean, like our team, people come up and talk to us all the time. And I mean, we ain't saying you go come hang out with us all weekend, but we're usually very hospitable. Like somebody comes in and we're having lunch or we've got yeah. some food out. We're probably going to give you something. We're probably, you know, answer questions, all pick pictures, all that stuff. We always do that. And I'm sure a lot of people do that. So it's not, you know, it's just not like you may not get in the big name places, but you know, some of them, some of them, somebody, you're going to make friends. If you're the type of person that makes friends, you're definitely going to make friends. There. Yeah. And it's fun to see. I mean, it smells great. And I mean, Memphis is a cool town. So there's a lot, there's a lot to do. There's going to be, I mean, there's music this year. There's, you know, different things going on. There's oh, yeah, they have sauce them. wrestling, piggy idol contest to watch. I mean, there's, all, you know, there's a bunch of different stuff. They've got several, like the Cooker's Caravan and yeah. different things you could sign up for. So, um, this week, you smoked a porterhouse. I did on the drum. On the drum. I did, like, so this was, I remembered how good when we did it. Remember we did a tomahawk? Yeah. And I did it on the drum, and it was kind of like, just a smoked tomahawk. Yep. I was going for the same thing with this porterhouse steak. Basic season it, little olive oil on the outside, hit it with a little uh, prime beef and then a little steak rub, let it sit. Brought the drum up 275 where it likes to roll and just throwed them on the grates and put a probe in the strip side of it, just center mass. No grill grates. No grill grates, just letting, the, letting those meat juices drip down on the coals, getting that flavor. And I didn't throw any wood in it. But I use lump charcoal, so it's it got a real smoky. I mean, the drum just gives it flavor. It can't help yeah. it. It just gives it flavor. Do you think if you would have added wood, it would have been too much? No, I would, but you can, easy. I, I mean, a chunk or two would have been fine. Usually for something, you know, steaks or something like that, I knew it wasn't going to be a very long cook. Uh, I didn't think it needed it, and I was getting enough from flavor from the, the lump. So, And I've seen some guys throw in chips. Yeah, you could throw chips in there or anything. I mean, it's still smoked and had a great. You know, yeah. slightly smoky. I didn't want it like smoke, brisket smoke. smoke, smoke. You know, if you were gonna throw any wood in there, what would you go hickory? Mm, I probably would have. I probably would have let a little pecan, something light, not too heavy. Get a little apple, maybe or something. Cherry. It's a little bit for for beef like that by itself. I probably wouldn't stay away from that. Hickory would be okay, but just a small, small piece of hickory because it can get a little strong. Well, where'd you get those steaks? Where'd you source those steaks? Because they were. There were some behemoths. I got them from Steve. <laughs> <laughs> My man Steve at Kroger. He, he's in the butcher shop back there. If you go in Kroger and Hernando during the day, go see Steve. You can tell him. Malcolm said, come see you, Steve. He'll probably <laughs> give you a shrimp or something. <laughs> like, try one of these shrimps. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I got them from just straight out. I would say out of the meat case, but he they, I went up there, and he was like, what do you need today? And I said, man, I'm looking for some. You know, porterhouse. I want a nice fillet on the side. I want, you know, decent thickness. And he said, well, I can do about an inch and a half. And so he went back to back and cut me two. They were and, big ones. Yeah, and butchers don't do that all the time now. But if you start talking to them, a lot of times they will. I mean, and I guess it depends on when you hit them. If it's busy, a truck come in, they're probably not yeah, have time to go cut meat. But they're Saturday at yeah, noon. Yeah, this was, I, was, I usually call them, I usually catch them in the morning. 
It's my favorite time to go in there about 930. It gives them time to put all the meat out in the counter. They're stocked up for the day. And it's just a good time to go in there. So Monday or Tuesday at 930 in the morning, that's it's my favorite shopping time. It's not too crowded. You only have yeah. to dodge the people filling orders now. Yeah. That's the only thing. It's, it's usually old ladies, people filling usually orders. Usually the old eight. ladies have already filtered out. They get there about 8, yeah, yeah. 738. But By 9, 9.30, they're filtered out. If you out. wait till afternoon, you can hang it up. It's just jam-packed. But but that's where I got them. I didn't, what, they weren't anything special. Choice grade. Nice, they look thick, pretty. Thick, thick with a nice filet. And, I mean, di- the difference is, I mean, T-Bone, f- Porterhouse, same steak. The Porterhouse just has has more of that filet in it. So as it tails off, you just get T-Bones because the filet's gone at that point. Okay, but that's okay. why. I mean, there's still a little bit over there on a T-bone, but most of the time, if it's got a if it's got the center mass of the fillet on it, it's a porterhouse. It's, it's all the strip on one side, so. But it comes from the same cut. It's just yeah, different yeah. points in that. That's right. Same loin. Okay. Did you do any trimming? Uh, no. I didn't. I left. It had some fat around the outside edge. I knew on that drum, I wanted that fat to drip as it started heating up, melting, rendering. So I left it all on there. You could have trimmed. I could have trimmed some of it up and tied them up, but they didn't really need it. Yeah. I wasn't going for like this perfectly look. I just wanted that smokiness of the drum, the charriness from letting the flames kiss it. And that was what, that's really what I like about cooking a steak on a drum like that. It's like, it's, it's kind of like a reverse sear because I'm keeping it fairly low. 275 is still low and slow. And you watch the internal temperature. I let it go to about 118. And I took the lid off. Well, everybody knows if you take the lid off a drum, it's going to oxygenate and it's going to make that fire get hot. So at that point, I've got it raging. And so I cooked. Before I ever lit the grill or seasoned the steaks, we popped some bacon in the oven, like just a 12-ounce pack of Smithfield bacon and kept all the renderings from it, the bacon tallow, (laughs) bacon fat, all that goodness. So I poured that up in a bowl and I kind of divided it. It was probably about half a cup of drippings total yeah yeah I'd and say. i kind of divided it so i had kind of a quarter cup and then i'll tell you what i did with the other quarter here in a second but i took those once that steak got up to temperature i started brushing it with the bacon drippings or bacon tallow and just letting it kind of run off the side and drip down and so it started making that fire kick up you know because that grease was just making it flame and that's what got the underside of the steak a little flavorized and man it made it phenomenal and i, I kept the probe in there so i could watch the temp yeah and I probably, I would say, I went to 128, which was medium, I would say, or it carried over to medium. I like it. Personally, I'd like to probably had it on the rare side. I could have did, like took them off at 110 and started brushing them with the bacon fat and stopped them at about 120. And it would probably been a little more rare. But, I mean, it still looked good. I, I mean, know. Up against the bone, it was still real rare. So a thick steak like that's. A little tricky to do. I think when it's so bright outside, it's yeah. hard to tell it done this. Because I was looking at the pictures today, and this is unedited pictures. Yeah. I mean, that's still, that's, that's see, to me, that's. Medium rare Is that medium rare to you? I don't know. It's close. It's close. But it's right in there. You, I wouldn't go no more than 130. Yeah. That's where you, you know, about the temperature range you want to eat them at. But anywhere in that 120 to 130, you'll be fine. You just need to get some flames kicked up so it gets some of that sear action going. Now. I took them off and let them rest at that point, and that's when I topped them with the remainder of that bacon fat. But what I did while they were smoking, I took that bacon, the other quarter cup of bacon fat, melted a stick of butter, whipped them together, seasoned it with a little, just a pinch more of the the uh, beef, prime beef, and the steak rub, and then slapped that in the refrigerator and let it kind of congeal back together. You know, butter 
and that bacon yeah. fat will just come together. And I tasted it. And I was like, man, <laughs> this is like meat butter here. It's it fantabulous. <laughs> Bacony, buttery, and then seasoned up. It was so I put a big dollop of that on each of those steaks when I took them off the pit and just kind of let them sit there and I just watched them. <laughs> Mouth started watering and tongue was beating the back of my throat. And I cut it. I mean, they, man, the, the strip side was as tender as the fillet side. I agree. It was, it was really good. Mouth. And the best part was the drippings like got on the board and you just sopped it up. Right and the rest through. of that butter that was in that pan, man, it was all, that was a way to cook a porterhouse. I think so too. When you've got a really thick steak, when you're smoking it like that on that drum, yeah. it allows it to get even. Yeah, it does cook it. Yeah, you don't get the gray and then the yeah. then the doneness and then the hard gray. That's the good thing about having that distance between the coals and the gray or reverse searing if you're doing it on another grill. You can do something similar like on a pellet grill or a regular smoker. Just start your steaks out on that and then move them over to where they can get some flame and do the same thing with the bacon fat. You do have to watch, though. So on the drum... Yes, the flames get to kick in, and it's raging hot. And you don't want to do that for too long. It's going to really fireball. But it's not as it's not as uh, hot or as dangerous as, oh, I guess, dangerous or flaming up as it would have been on a Weber or a PK or something like that. Yeah. Because you're great so close to your coals there. I've if still got 20-something inches. If your flames are getting that high, you got a problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you can know. I don't know. If, could you could you really tell in the video that there was flames kicking underneath? I mean, yeah. It's so yeah. bright outside that you know it's, it, but the I mean it was it was roaring and then at that point when I took those steaks off I immediately put the lid back on closed the vents, and killed it because I didn't want it to peg my grill out because it'll it'll get smoke I mean if you just keep letting it go it'll it'll you know be flaming out the top eventually. So, let me ask you a question: Could you have done that method with a, uh, like a half inch steak? You could. The time would be a lot faster. You could do it with any steak. Yeah. It's just going to be a lot faster. Like, I mean, you it might not be on there 15, 20 minutes to do the smoke part versus it was about, about 45, wasn't it, Tyler, I think? Mm-hmm. So would then, there even be a point <clears throat> if you're not going to get the smoke flavor? I, I like the reverse searing um, thicker steaks. Anything that's like over an inch or so thick, I think it's it works better. If I'm cooking thin steaks, it's just hot and fast. You know, let them roll. But I don't, I mean, there's nothing wrong with putting any steak on there and getting it up to temp and then taking it off. A thinner steak, you probably would want to take it off and let it rest a little bit before you hit the sear with it, just to let it calm down a little bit. So you don't over. Yeah, so you don't overdo shoot. it. So you don't overshoot it. I mean, at that point, you could, you know, you could even sear it in a cast iron skillet or something hot if you wanted to, and still get that smoky flavor from the grill, but get the ultimate crust by something like that, oh, flat yeah. top or skillet or something. That'd be good. There's no, I mean, there's no duplicating that flavor that you get from that drum that's beat dripping down on those coals. That's why I say the drums gives you the best flavor just about on anything. Um, I will say that that bacon tallow butter, well, first of all, uh, what makes it a tallow? <laughs> <laughs> I just called it that. Beef it's just have a good a name. So, I mean, uh, you re- you rendered, people are probably rendered, say rendered pork fat is lard. Everybody knows that. Or you know, bacon drippings, whatever you want to call it. Well, if you render beef fat, all of a sudden they change it the tallow it's not beef lard it's beef tallow so i said well you know what this is bacon tallow it sounds fancier so i call it bacon tallow i mean it could be whatever you want it to be people are okay with bacon fat but then they don't want beef fat if you said oh man put some beef fat on your brisket people, <laughs> but all of a sudden you say tallow and it's a phenom you know everybody's got to do it it's the difference between mayonnaise and aioli <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly it really is 
like a, there's no difference. It's yeah. Like a positive. If you look, yeah. if you look up the definition, I think it says rendered fat. Like tallow is rendered fat. Is it just rendered yeah. fat? Yeah. It's not specific to beef, though. Uh, I mean, you don't know. I don't know that. Yeah. But uh, so when you take, you know how bacon fat kind of when it congeals, it kind of gets this texture, mm-hmm. like a almost a grainy texture. That's it's not great. It's got a great flavor, but the, I'm not crazy. Oh, when it, like at room temp. Yeah. 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 When you mixed it with that butter and kind of whipped it together, you got smooth. Yeah, you got the flavor of the bacon fat, the mm-hmm. bacon tallow, and the creaminess of the butter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, mixed with butter. I've never done that before. I neither. Man, it's so good. That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the beef tallow is just as good. Like some good brisket tallow rendered out on the smoker. Oh, yeah. And mix it with some butter. That's upper level stuff. <laughs> Let's <laughs> take the two most unhealthiest stuff we you got. Eat. Mix yeah. them together. That's right. And, dip and then our, add salt. And dip and our meat little MSG. It. <laughs> Let's make it even worse. Yep, that's a year's off your life. Have you ever noticed that when you put butter onto steaks, when it's done, it almost kind of like washes the it does the look off. off. Yeah. yeah, it does. It just kind of puts a different look on it. Yeah. And once it sets, it kind of darkens back up some. But at first, you can tell. I don't mind. I yeah. just want the meat juice. I want all that. <laughs> that flavor's right there for the taking. I have seen you before put the butter underneath a hot steak. Yeah, and let, let it, it sit melt there that on way. It. Yep, yep, yep. And a lot of times at the SCA contest when we're resting our steaks. If we put them like in foil pouch or something, and we'll put the butter underneath instead of on top, because you still get the flavor from it on the bottom. So when somebody bites into it, they taste that with their tongue first, but it doesn't do anything to your appearance. But there's just something about when I see it melting over it a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know it's gonna be good. <laughs> you know it's gonna. I want be good. that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great recipe. It's out. Oh heck yeah! Y'all need to try that one. That's a good Father's Day one. I saw a lot of good Mother's Day cooking on the community this past weekend. Man, po- people were posting all kinds of stuff. I saw turkeys and like cold uh, turkey? ribs and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Meatloaf, a guy did. I don't know if that was specifically for Mother's Day, but there's some good looking stuff on there. I didn't even have this on my notes, but you cooked for Mother's Day, kind of. I helped you, but <laughs> 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 what'd you cook Sunday? I cooked uh, per request barbecued grilled chicken sandwiches. And I took boneless, skinless thighs, and we marinated them just in some cheap Italian dressing and throwed them, fired up the Weber with like a two-zone fire. And I started them out kind of on the cool side. As they started coming up the tip a little bit, I'd put them over there and sear them a little bit and flip them back over and just working them and just threw together some vinegar sauce with you know a few other sauces we had open. Yeah, made, <laughs> made a conglomeration of a sauce and then basted them with that. And it's 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 basically burn them up chicken. I mean, it's kind of what it does. It gets crunchy. It gets a little charry because you move it over to the side of the coals. It's boneless, skinless thighs, so you're not going to overcook it. But I took the, them to like 165. I didn't run them all the way up to 175. They're perfectly done and juicy. But you glaze on the barbecue sauce and, and keep it charring it on, yeah. it on the outside. Char grilled chicken. That's basically what char grilled chicken thighs. And, and then, it makes a heck of a chicken sandwich. Oh, it made the best chicken sandwich. Are these soft brioche buns from? Kroger, weren't they? No, Aldi. Aldi? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're Aldi brioche buns. Man, they were like pillows. I know. And then with a the little mayo and coleslaw and pickles and pickled red onions. That's, and a lettuce, sandwich. Yeah. That's a Mother's Day sandwich right there. It was really, really good. Um, So, real quick, do you want to talk about the difference between comp barbecue and backyard barbecue? I mean... Since we're talking about Memphis May yeah. and... You just, to me, I don't... What is the we difference? tune up comp style barbecue? 
Are you going to cook Memphis in my style ribs at home? At home. No, I'm cooking an eating rib. And that's the biggest difference to me. A backyard barbecue or barbecue you cook at home is usually you're cooking it to eat, to, to make a great meal off of. And you want to sit down and enjoy a rack of those ribs or whatever. Uh, you know, if you're eating pork butt, you want to eat a big sandwich or make you some nachos or whatever you do with it. Um, so there are brisket. I want to eat several slices of brisket, maybe some flat and some point and some of the ends. But when comp stuff, we're jazzing it up. I mean, it's to the 11s. You know, we're putting all that flavor in a bite because we know that judges aren't going to eat all the meat that we put in there. You know, they're just taking a bite of it, and you're trying to get the flavor, the texture, the tenderness all perfect on it. And so it's just not the same as you would just, you know, seasoning something and throw it on your grill at home, or at least it is for me. That's the way I do it. Now, I mean, sometimes do you want to eat something like that at home? Maybe. But, I mean, we inject pork butts and we inject briskets and we do all this other stuff to them and it's got a ton of butter and a ton of MSG and sauce up. And this is what, I mean, this is what's winning. So you got to kind of go with what's winning. You're not going to change the mindset of these judges all at once. So, so it, I mean, that's just what competition barbecue's gotten to. Same thing with steaks. Steaks have done gotten way, like steak contest, nothing like a steak I would cook at home to eat. I mean, they're putting multiple layers of different seasonings on them and doing all this stuff to them. And it's just, I mean, to me, it's you know, over-the-top steak. Yeah. But that judge is taking a plastic knife and fork and getting them a little bite of it and going on. So they're not, it's not like they're sitting there eating that whole ribeye. But when I cook a ribeye at home, I'm going to do my dangdest <laughs> to eat that whole big ribeye. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I want something that, that I like, personally. That's And I guess that's the big thing, too. At home, you're probably more likely to cook what you like Versus yeah. what you think a judge likes or what's going to do better in a contest. Because the rib that I want yeah. to eat at home is not going to win a contest. That's right. And that, you know, that's and salt, pepper. That's one of much. the big mistakes or misconceptions that, that um, people have when they when they go to do a barbecue contest. They've been told, oh, you, you know, or they've got it in their mindset that I cook great ribs this way. Or I cook, you know, this is how I do it at home. Everybody tells me it's great. I want to eat it like that, so I'm going to do it at this contest like that. Well, you lost <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you know you're not cooking to what what's winning or what those judges are used to having. You got to you've got to get in that mindset for competition barbecue. It's two different things. It it really is. It's a big difference in it. It's a big big difference yeah. in it. Heck yeah. So, what do you think makes your ribs these world champion ribs? Oh man, the texture, the flavor. It's like nothing you've ever had. It's like <laughs> <laughs> just melt in your mouth and they're packed full of juice and they've got the right amount of smoke and they've got the right balance and seasonings and the, the sauces aren't, you know, they have a sweet tone because it is Memphis style barbecue, but you still get the flavor <laughs> that we put into these ribs and all the time it takes. That's what makes them so good. We just got the Don't you want to try? Don't you want to try some? Heck yeah, I'm there. Aren't you ready? I already know what they taste like. <laughs> but you know you want some. You started tasting them right there, didn't you? Before I even let you take a bite, you already know what the ribs are going to taste like and how good they're going to be. That's what I'm telling you. That's why these are the best. I love it. <laughs> I think we're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100. All I need is a good bourbon and coke. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> you got me some Bloody Mary mix ready? I bought a bunch of different kinds of Bloody Mary mix. The guy at the liquor store talked me into three different kinds. What all did you get? Anything I hadn't tried? Old Bay. Oh, oh, the Old Bay has a Bloody Mary? Uh. I've tried the Old Bay hot sauce. It's pretty good. What was the other one? Um, not Louisiana. What's another of those brands? Panola Pepper? No, not Panola. Uh, 
Uh, Tabasco? No, not Tabasco. Uh, you got me. I don't know. Zatarans. Zatarans. Okay, Zatarans. Yeah. I, got, I didn't know they had a Bloody Mary mix either. I think it was Zatarans. Anyway, we're going to do a Bloody Mary tasting. Okay. I'm down oh, for that. Oh, and we got um, Dimitri's yeah, from yeah. the shop. So, yeah. Oh, and a new a new brand called... Um, I like the Johnny's now. That's the one I like. We got some Johnny's we're taking down there. Oh, I got to grab that out of the pantry. I've got a, a huge list that we've whittled down into a medium list okay. knockout. So <laughs> that's what we're fixing to go do. I can't wait. It is time. We're going to have Bullfrog, Bloody Mary's, Barbecue. If, if, yeah. <laughs> the three Bs. Y'all wish us some luck this weekend. We're going to need it. At, are we ready? <laughs> oh, you got it. Is there, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you got today, Shell? You don't got me ready to go to Memphis Bay now. No. No, I'm All right. Done. Well, Tyler, do you want to throw in anything here? With a- hey, guys, make sure that if you are in Memphis, you may start posting some pictures in the Facebook community. Right. And Tag just, us up. Just a reminder, we do have the rib contest ending today at 5 o'clock if you're listening to this on Friday. So make sure you guys get your pictures in, get your votes in, and good luck. Shell, where can they find us? If you'd like- Sides at Memphis May. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ, right? On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and, of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect. Connect with me. It's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. That's the main place. Or email. <laughs> yeah. I made a, a a resolution to post at least once a week, and I've done it like three times already. So. Well, you got a lot on your plate. <laughs> well, we appreciate y'all taking time out of your week hanging out with us. We will be back next week. Hopefully, we'll be able to tell you that we're world champs. We're going to give it our best, and we will see y'all then. We're gone.